Welcome to Economics Happy Hour. My name's Matt. And my name is Jadrian. And we are excited to be with you today. Jadrian, uh, what's what's exciting in the world? Oh, man, there's so much exciting stuff, right? I feel like um, I am coming up on, I, I realized this the other day, I'm coming up on a, like two and a half years of the newsletter. And I'm finally at a place with this newsletter that um, it's not hard to come up with topics. So when I first started writing it, it was very much like, oh my, I need to, I need a topic this week. Uh, it has now turned into, I have too many topics and I need to pick one of these. Um, so good things are happening. So I'll say uh, big good things. And I'm happy to share this now. So Matt and I record these fairly early in advance. Um, I can share this now because by the time this comes out, it's- So this be, should oh, come out three weeks from th- today. Yeah, We're recording it'll, it it'll, in May. It'll be ready. It, it'll be online for sure. Um yeah. The newsletter has been very, very good for me professionally, but so has being at Virginia Tech because they pitch the newsletter a lot. So the university really likes the newsletter. They think it's tons of fun. So they pitch me to all sorts of news outlets in DC and New York. And so I've gotten to talk to people about economics, which if you listen to the very first episode of Matt and I's podcast, one of the things we talked about in there was our favorite thing is talking to people about economics. So I could not have picked a better thing. Um, but by the time this episode comes out, it will be official. I can officially say it. Um, I am joining the monster job company, not as a, not like a full time. Um, cool. I will be part of their economics board. I'll be on their board of economists. I will eventually you'll see it in my bios. I'll be a monster economist. I'll get to log on to news article or we'll do news articles and TV shows, um, where I get to talk about labor markets and trends and all sorts of stuff. Uh, with another audience uh, at the same time. So there congratulations, that's awesome. Yeah, I did my yeah. media training this morning. So I'm You're learning how to tell stories better. I would imagine the majority of people who are listening know your newsletter, but but there are some, yeah. and maybe most of those who are my family members who listen don't know of it yet, but uh, Jadrian's newsletter is fantastic. If you're not getting, it's free to subscribe yep. to uh, Monday Morning Economist. Am Monday I Morning it? Economist. It will ask you for money. Do, you do, Please don't pay me. Um, you don't have to pay me. Uh, I write it all for free. The payment option basically comes out to, if you love it a lot, you can sign up for $5 a month. It's basically buying me a beer every month. Yeah. So if you do really like it, buy me a beer every month. But yeah, yeah, try it for free first, and then if free. you want to buy like, JB I, a beer, he won't turn you down. Right? I, I've never turned down a beer. Yeah, um, except uh, you know, as I say, I'm, I've never turned out a beer. I'm not drinking a beer today. No, so that's cool. No, that's very cool. And congrats. I've thank um, you. The um, I've been about nine months ago. I started trying to do YouTube videos. In the last week, for me, I've seen just an explosion on people watching and then subscribers. And I'm actually way closer to a thousand subscribers than I thought I'd be at this time, which is pretty cool. And I remember we've mentioned his name before, but our friend uh, Abdullah Mm -hmm. from Northern Kentucky, I remember it was a grind to get to a thousand for him. Like it just, I mean, he was putting out so much content and I'm like, he's not at a thousand yet back at the time. I'm like, how tough is this? His stuff is so good. Um, yeah. So it's been exciting for me to um, to see that grow. It's been exciting to me to see how many people are listening to this podcast. So we mm-hmm. thank you all for everybody who tunes into this. And so lots of lots of good news around. You know, the newsletter was the exact same thing. Like I could, it was a grind to get to a thousand. Uh, so I pulled it up to look. I started January, 2021. 
I didn't get to a thousand people until November, 2022. Uh, so it took me over a year and a half to get to a thousand people. Um, I realistically, I think at least, uh, the trends where I'm going, yeah. um, I think I'll get my next thousand in the next, like within a year of that time frame. Very cool. Uh, but it's, cool. it's crazy, right? Like how, how much stuff you do, uh, and then you're like, just a few more people, just, you know, let me, yeah. and really, I, and I think I'm going to speak for Matt. I'm going to say this as a, as a compliment, but, but this is to Abdullah, Matt, me, um, we really like talking about economics. And I think we've said yeah, this yeah. in multiple episodes, multiple times. Um, it is absolutely like, I mean, I consider y'all my, some of my best friends from the profession. I mean, part of it is because y'all are just as nerdy about it as me. Um, like, yep. Yep. Like it is what we do for fun. We're like, look at, look at that. That's econ. Um, It is genuinely who we are. We think that this is the most exciting stuff possible. And we think everybody should know about it. And if you could just learn a little bit of economics, your life will be better. I agree. But you should learn a lot of economics. And it's, yeah, I, I, somebody in at our university will call me the biggest economics nerd in our, and I I take it as a compliment. Hey, that's only got to be at Susquehanna. You got, you can't. Yeah, 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 that's true. That is, that is true. In the world, (laughs) I do not have that title, but. That's what, what my course what, evaluations are. My course evaluations are basically like this dude really likes economics. That's good. That's good. So what's a, what are you drinking? All right, Matt, today is a big day. I gave away some good news, uh, but I will say today will officially end my Virginia beer, Virginia <laughs> brewery streak. Purely it's my fault. I have a fridge full of Pennsylvania beers from my trip to Pennsylvania. And I have not gone to Kroger to get some Virginia beers. So it was a six month run. It was impressive. I did a good job. Like, yeah, it was good. It was lasting a while. Uh, the last episode I had a, uh, a, a dry Irish stout. So I'm going to go the exact opposite. Uh, Woodchuck hard cider. Okay. But it's the mimosa cider. I never can get that to work, but cider and OJ shake it and enjoy. So it's a o- orange juice cider. That is, that is about as opposite as you can get. I would agree. I would agree. And <laughs> so I it'd be, am it'd be nice and light. I don't know if I've had this on on before, but if I have, it's okay. But I'm going to America's oldest brewery. Ooh, Yingling Ooh, with white the light walker. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you now. I think. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna ruin my East Coastness over here. Uh-oh. That's one of the worst beers I've ever had. I absolutely hate that beer. <laughs> like Yingling I, Light is awesome. It's such a great you know, beer. I grew up in Texas, went to Washington for grad school. I'd never heard of Yingling. I did not know that that was a beer. Um, I come over to Pennsylvania and like every bar and brewery is serving Yingling. And I was like, what is this? Like, this is we. I didn't like it. Um, yeah. I like Yinglings. I actually like the Yingling light better. And yeah, yeah. That, you know what makes me sort makes me super, super weird. Uh, my favorite beer, actually, uh, my favorite beer that I learned when I moved is actually Iron City. Hmm. Uh, the Pittsburgh version, essentially. So love an icy light. They're very delicious. Uh, Yingling, though, ugh, they got that chocolate one with the Hershey chocolate stout. I, I just stick with their lager. So, yeah, yeah. That, well, but... cheers. Mine's cheers. nice and clear. Very different color than the last time we drank together. Yes, yes. So today uh, we are, we've well, I'll back up a step. A few episodes ago... Jadrian asked me about what my favorite topic to teach was. Uh, I discussed poverty, uh, inequality, discrimination. Uh, I love, certainly we don't love that those things exist, but I love the economic analysis behind them. Today we're turning the tables. So 
this episode is going to focus on the question, Jadrian, what is your favorite topic to teach? Okay, so I will preface this by saying Matt did warn me before we started recording that he was going to ask me what my favorite topic was. So I have had literally hours to come up with an answer. And I, I, it was, I, I don't have a good one. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to buy myself a little bit of time. Um, and I think this goes back to what we were saying earlier is I absolutely love every single chapter that I talk about. I think every single lesson is just the coolest, most fascinating lesson imaginable. I like, I weave in so much stuff in there, but if I had to pick one, I would say, oh man, I would pick two. Um, the the pressure is on. Hi, so we're gonna print my favorite topic in principles, right? You could choose. I, I asked it pretty open ended, so you could do what you'd want on that. Dang it, Matt. Okay, if um, you, okay, I'll go principles. We'll, we'll say it's principles. I'll go and, principles. You know, I, when I did it, I hedged. I said, "Look, <laughs> you did three of them right? in time," and. <laughs> This moment and well, I also yeah, I said three at once, but I also said at this moment in time, this is what comes out. But okay, so I will, um, I will say, and this is where it's going to be. I'll, I actually will say it's sort of weird um, of what I'm going to say. My favorite topic is, and I will present this purely from a principle standpoint that it is my favorite topic because I'm not knowledgeable. I'm not deeply knowledgeable about this field. Um, in order, to, like, I could not teach the upper level version of this mm-hmm. course. I think you're going to really like this. My favorite topic and principles is game theory. Okay. Um, it's absolutely um, game theory. When you can I teach get, the upper level. Yeah. So sure. Matt, te- yeah, Matt teaches the upper one. So that's why I said I, I could not teach the upper level. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in that course. But by the time I get to it in my principles course, I am pumped. I am so excited for that lesson. So I, I think the way I phrased this to you last time when I asked you the question, right, was what is the topic? before the day before you're about to start teaching it, Mm -hmm. you're like excited to teach it. It, And it's absolutely game theory. So I teach mine, my courses a little, we talked a little bit about this throughout different episodes. My courses are a little bit strange in terms of ordering. I would say I have a fairly generic principles course. So we go through like supply and demand in the beginning. We have a little chunk in the middle I call government intervention. So it's price controls, quotas, taxes, international trade. Uh, We do market structure. So kind of three quarters of the way through, we're doing perfect competition, monopoly, monopolistic competition. I save my favorite three lessons for the end of the course. Um, I call them the applications of economics. So I don't have a great title for it, but it's price discrimination, game theory, behavioral. And the reason I save those for the end is that after I finish the third exam, I basically say, hey, look, everything I told you before we're going to change like little parts of all that. So like the price discrimination chapter, I talk about how like, hey, in the previous lessons, there was always a price. It was the monopoly price. There was, you could only pick one price. And like students even then knew that there's not, that's not real. There's not one yeah, price. Yep, yep. Like they know, but they just, they play along because they realize what they're doing. Uh, they're like, okay, he's gonna, he'll get to it eventually. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like when I get to price discrimination, I'm like, hey, you can charge two prices. Um, but What's fun about it is, so that's the first one, then it's game theory, but that's the one I'm most excited for. Uh, Because the way I sort of phrase it is essentially, I start with this idea of everything we've done before has largely focused on one individual. What's the best decision given a demand curve? Or what's the best decision given a policy? And so when I get to game theory, it's my first chance to really say, hey, look, when you make decisions, it's not just you. 
somebody else's decision affects your decision. And so once I start getting into that interdependence of it, I love it. I, you can see the sort of connections. So we start very early on. Um, we play like, I just like barely introduce game theory. And I talk about like interdependence really matters. What's the best thing for you to do. And I play the episode from golden balls of the split or steal. Uh, so those of you who have yep. never seen this episode, Matt, do you want to explain it that way? I don't talk the entire 45 minutes. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know exactly which episode you're referring to. Mm. So I will just discuss the Summarize premise the of golden balls. Yeah. They, they play games throughout, but then at the end, each person picks one of two golden balls. One of them says split and one of them says steal. I think those were the two words. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, if, they each say steal, neither goes home with any money. If they each say split, they split the cash prize they accumulated. However, where it gets a little interesting, if one of them says steal and the other says split, the person who said steal gets all the money. So they make twice as much. Mm -hmm. And the person who said split gets Gets zero. And so that is the general premise behind uh, behind this game show. Yeah. So I, I play that towards the beginning. But before I ever do that, the very first. So the first slide, I say, you know, we're going to talk about game theory. It's chapter 14. I actually play split or steal with them in class. So nice. What are the already, stakes that you use? I'm curious. This is great. I think you'll like it. So we've, we've had a third exam. We're getting towards the end of the semester. And so by this point in the semester, I come in and I say, you know what? You guys have been working so hard. I re- And I like, I, I ham it up. I'm like, you guys have been working so hard. I want to give you guys some bonus credit. Uh, so I'm going to give you bonus credit. All of you have your clickers. So they have little remotes to tell me that they're there, right? There's 500 of them. So we use the remotes. I go, we're, and I have a big slide that like, dim- like shows all the outcomes or whatever. And I say, look, super easy. Like if y'all could just hit the C button on your remote, that tells me that you want to collude. You want to work together. I go, if all of you click this, I'll give you 1% bonus on your final grade. I'll just bump everybody who's here up by 1%. Um, I go, but I know some of you need more than 1%. Some of y'all have been struggling. Uh, And so what I always tell them is I go, if five or fewer of you let me know that you really need it more than the rest of the class, just let me know, just pick A um, and I'll give you 5% bonus on your final grade. But everybody else gets nothing. I go, but if more, I I was like, I'm being really generous. I like, I really ham it up. I'm like, I feel super generous. Um, I go, if more than five of you ask for it, then like, I'm just not going to give you anything. So we play basically split or steal in class. And like, they never, it's not even close. Like um, (laughs) out of the 500, like the first, I think we do it. So we do it once. I think there's like 35 people who try to steal. Yep. Um, and so what I do is I close it and I go, okay, guys, maybe I didn't explain it correctly. Maybe I, maybe you misunderstood. I play it again with them and I go, let me re-explain it. And I go through the whole process and explain it again. They get down to about like 15 people stealing. I go, man, y'all really still aren't doing this. I, so I'll close it. And then I open again. I do another clicker question. I go, this is super easy. You just have to click C. I will give you all points. Like this is not hard, but we do it <laughs> over and over um, and so we do that and then we go through and I talk about, you know, uh, interdependence. Um, we play the golden balls clip. I go, this is what y'all just yep. did. Um, and we, we but, will put a link to that in the description. Yeah. Oh, it's such, it's so good. I, I, there's multiple clips of it. So I, I love all of them. Um, but you know, then we go through like the, I would say the very standard principles version, you know, we talk about prisoners dilemma, payoffs, yep. games, stuff like that. But one of the things I really love about 
the prisoners dilemma. I'll say there's two things. So, you know, actually, I'll save it for my pop culture one because I think it's okay. it fits better in the pop. It's not really pop culture, but I'll save it for later. Um, one of the things I really like about it is it's a really cool opportunity. Matt and I have talked about this in previous episodes. Like, what skills do we actually teach our students? Um, it's a really good chance, I think, for students to learn critical. Like, I think this is the critical thinking skill uh, chapter. Like, if I think yes. about all the lessons I teach, how to find monopoly profit, I don't know that they're really critically thinking about that. I think they learn a process and like, this is what I have to do to answer it. But game theory is like the first lesson where you can present questions to them and it you can actually see them thinking about the answer. So I'll sure. do this. I teach game theory for, I think it's, I have a 50 minute class. I think I do four days. Okay. So it's like the longest lesson I have. Um, but like, so one of the questions when they come in on the second day, so we've done the first day of game theory, they come in on the second day. Uh, I have a question up on the board that says, which of these will be the least selected answer? A, B, C, or D, or I, the ours go to E. Um, and you can see them, like you can see the students and they will talk the entire 10 minutes before class. They're like, if it was the, they, like they know, and you can hear them rationalize it. They go, yeah. if it's the most selected, it would be C, but then nobody's going to pick C. So it's got to be something else. And I go, but if everybody picks something else, then like, it's going to be C. <laughs> like, I yes. love it. Or things like, where do you kick a penalty kick? In terms yes, of absolutely. being successful in sports, getting like, into mixed, great way to get into mixed strategies, which is so a pretty complex I, topic, really. Yeah, so I, I talk about those ideas. I right, we don't go in depth. Like it is a very generic principles, dominant yeah. strategies, that sort of stuff. Um, but I get so excited for all of the different things, and I can talk about like there's just so many video clips about like you know, do you have complete information? Sure. Um, do you have mixed strategies? And so I, I kind of present all of those different things. And then in class, I try to say like, we're going to do the simplest version of this. You have yeah. complete information. Um, you're making moves simultaneously. Uh, so we do simultaneous, I do simultaneous sequential games. Um, Very cool. There's just so much great pop culture uh, for game theory that I, that's got to be. So I think that's my favorite one, but I'll link yeah. this to why it's not the last lesson I teach. The last lesson I teach is actually behavioral and consumer choice. And the reason I do that one last, so I do my chapters out of order. I don't teach, um, I don't teach in the book order. So actually you notice that I said game theory and I don't know if you caught me saying this. So those of you who are teachers of economics, you might've heard me say this. I do market structures on the third exam, like monopoly, monopolistic competition, oligopoly, and game theory happens after. Uh, but those of you who that, teach that is not the norm. That's not the norm. Those of you who teach economics, game theory is often with the oligopoly chapter. So a lot of people who just teach by the textbook, they teach game theory while they're teaching monopoly. Yep. So I split mine into two separate lessons, mostly because like, this has nothing to do with market structures. Like it's so different than the monopoly chapter. Um, and so I separate it. I put it closer to the behavioral one. So I cover behavioral economics last. And I basically say, look, we did really easy games. And I go, but sometimes, and I'll talk to them about like the games they played. I go, not all of you played these games very well. Um, so we do a, like the third day we played the beauty game. Um, yep. So the beauty game is actually, I guess yeah, how do you up. set up the beauty contest? I have one that I set okay. up that I'll, I'll talk about, but how do you, how do you, yeah. Do it? So it's bonus credit. So by the end, I'm just, I'm just throwing bonus credit at them. Okay. Right? Cause it, 
it's so it's worth so little and it's one person out of 500 is going to get it. So I know it's not going to make a difference. So uh, sometimes I feel bad because like that collusion game, like I know nobody's going to get it. So like, I'm like, whatever. This one, this one somebody wins. Yeah. The beauty yeah. contest. So the, so the idea con- behind before the step to before it is to set up the general idea, they say the, the most beautiful people are the people who are the most average looking. But mm-hmm. like, you know, if, if you have any outliers, you're not as beautiful, according to society. And that's where the idea of a beauty contest came. A Keynesian beauty game. Um, so the most popular version in economic. Well, so I mean, it's, it's an economist, right? Like Keynes, the Keynes part is the economist part. Um, I would say in a principles class, the way that's generally played is like pick a number um, is the way that they do it. So I do it in class. I, I do it purely as a um, pick a number game. So. The nice thing about using iClickers, we use the the app version so they can submit a number. And so I say, hey, you can submit any number that you want between zero and 100. Um, And I take, so I switch it depending on the section. Uh, So I change the percentage um, depending on, that way they don't have the same answer. Uh, So usually what I'll say is pick a number between zero and 100. Whoever is closest to 50% of the average, they're the winner of the game. And so in the other class, I do two thirds. Um, so those of you who are listening, like if you think about picking a number between zero and 100, we add up all the numbers, we get an average for all those numbers, and whoever's closest to half of that number yep. uh, is the winner of the game. And so it has this interdependence, like the right answer depends on what you think other people are going to do. Uh, but I really like playing these games because then when I get to the behavioral section, I can come back to this game and I can, I, I sort of make fun of them in there. I go, because like in the moment, I try not to make fun of them. Uh, but when I get to the behavioral section, I say, hey, some of you idiots, um, I don't call them idiots in class. I call them dum-dums. Uh, <laughs> so I go, some of you dum-dums put a number above 50, which can't mathematically win this game. So those of you who are listening along, you pick a number between zero and 100, you find the average, and then it's half yeah. of that. So if every single person puts 100, yeah. The average it, is 100. And then it's 50. And then half of that is 50. So, so 75 yeah. can't win. <laughs> Even if you put 50, you know, it's going to be lower than 50. It's going to be lower than 50. Your 50 is going to push it below yeah. 50. Yeah. So I, I love doing game theory there because then when I get to behavioral, I say, if y'all really understood games, if you were fully rational, if you thought through everything, you would rationally know not to put above 50. I go, yeah. But a lot of, and that's why they call them, I go, a lot of you dum-dums put above 50. That's not possible. And so then I start talking about ra- like bounded rationality. Like, yeah. you know, you picked a number, you're saving concentration power. Maybe the math was too hard. Um, you know, maybe you didn't pick, maybe you picked 49 because you didn't like, so we, I kind of use it to talk about like behavioral related stuff yeah, yeah. after. Well, um, yeah. So I think it's fascinating and it's fun to talk through. I, I play that game the exact way you do. Okay. hundred percent. One to a hundred or zero to a hundred. Yeah. Um, whatever it is, I'm going to take half the average. It's interesting because, you know, you talk to them about it and saying, okay, so, you know, nobody really should ever be putting above 50. Right. Right. Which means what's the highest you should put in. And they're like, well, 25. And I'm like, well, yeah, we'll play it again. but <laughs> why would you put in 25? Right. Yeah. If everybody knows you're not going to put in 50, why would you be putting in 25? It's from zero to 50. Mm-hmm. Right. Isn't this the same problem? And then um, you could show we talk about the equilibrium is zero, yeah, zero. in theory, <laughs> but it's a it never really gets to zero. Yeah. But it's it's a fascinating 
it's a fascinating game. But and... that's why I, I love game theory because like that's the first critical thinking because right yep. like that's yep. the one where they're like, yes, if we all put fifty, then it's twenty five. Like you can see them. In the... an interesting one, yeah. I, I give out in game theory. We play it, and we will play it multiple play times. It. Yeah, <laughs> because it's fun to do it repeated times. Yeah. Um, because the second time in theory, the number should be smaller. Do you and, play and the, the collusion? Uh, there's another collusion game. I don't know the name of it. I call it the I call it the union game because I do it in my labor course. Okay. Um, so I've done. I do this. In my, I only do it in my upper level classes. I don't do it in the lower level ones because, like, I don't want to upset that many people at once. Um, so I, it, I do it. I have the same sort of presentation. I stand up at the front of the class and I say, "Hey, we're towards the end of the semester." It worked really well in labor because we had a section on unions and sports. We have a section yeah. on unions. Uh, it's in that section. Uh, yeah, I, I always I have the same pitch where I'm like, hey, y'all have been working so hard. I want to give you bonus. Uh, just request how many bonus points you want from me. You can have between zero and 10 points on your final exam. Uh, so that's about two. If they got all 10, it'd be 2% of their final grade. Okay. So I go, you can request any number between zero and 10 uh, for your final exam. I go, whatever you request, like, you know, put enter that into the system. Uh, in the small class, I use note cards so they can write their name and fold it up. Um, and so the way it's set up, though, and, and I tell them there's always a trick, like there's always a game. Um, if I said, I feel very generous right now, and I go, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to average everyone's submission. And as long as you put that or less, I'll give you exactly what you request. I go, but if you're being greedy, I'm not going to give you anything. Because I feel like I'm being really generous. I'm giving you points. So like, don't be greedy. Don't put above the class average. You can't have more than what the average person is having in the class. And you see their eyes just like go, oh, crap. <laughs> um, so immediately. right? Like, I've I never done the, that one. I've never oh, done that I one. I have a slide. I, I can send it to you. Yeah, send it to me. I, I, I'm teaching game theory in the fall. I yeah. do things for money. Yeah. They all have to throw in 25 bucks at the beginning of the term. And then I have their money to play with the whole time. And then I give it all back at the end. And yeah. I, so I'll figure out how to adapt this for money with them. So Im immediately somebody stands up in the back and goes, everyone put 10. Like they just start yelling. And so somebody like, you know, there's always a hand that goes up. And if there's like, Wait, a tie, do you give I, it? I give it to them. Yeah. Okay. So, so if everybody all... puts the same thing, you give yes. the tie. If they can okay. all collude together. Uh, yep. So, yeah, so I, I tell them, if all of you put 10, you all get 10 points on your final exam. Yep, yep. And so I got clarified in class. And so, like, you can see them start to do it. So somebody's like, put 10. Yeah. And I go, and then I go, but if one of you puts nine, the average is going to be below 10. And only the person who puts nine. So I kind of, like, I, like, slide in the, the, and you can see the nervousness, right? There's always those students who, like, need the points. Um, and they're like. Should I, should I put nine? Like, um, so we did this in my sports class this year. So I talk about it in collective bargaining and unions, yeah. the idea that it's hard to get everybody on the same page. Different yeah. people want different things. Um, you know, there's an education cost. If there's 20 people easier to collude and work together than if you have 200 people, you wouldn't trust 200 people at all put 10. Uh, so this is the first time I've done this this semester. It was really fun. We played it in the sports class. They did actually all get 10. Um, they were able okay. to do it. And it's because I had the smallest attendance I've ever had on that okay. day. There was like 12 people who showed up. Yeah. Um, so there was some, there's some intimidation. I will say they had their note card and some of them scrap. I'm very proud of some of these students. They put a lower number and they scratched it out and they wrote 10 next to it because there wow. were a handful of students. There were three of them 
who mathematically could not fail the course. They, they or like, uh, sorry, they mathematically could not get less than an A in the course. Okay. So I let them drop the final if they're, uh, if some of their other stuff is really good. Sure. So there's three people who math, like they didn't have to take the final. They put 10. And I was like, man, y'all are the jokers. Y'all are the ones that I thought was going to ruin this. Uh, it's almost always the A students that ruin it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the interesting part on the game theory one that would add in an extra wrinkle we're thinking about is there's a pot of money that mm-hmm. all goes back to them. Yeah. So if, if I say I'll give out, you know, if they're throwing in 25, I probably wouldn't say five per student on this one shot. Yeah. But let's say I'd say it's I'm going to give out six dollars. You know, you could say anything zero to six dollars. If you have and the exact same rules. So the most I could give out was six dollars per student. Um, However, a student who puts in five ninety nine, they're getting less, but their expected value is actually higher because the remaining amount in the pool far exceeds. There's probably a way you could say, like, if you put less, I'll double what you get. But if you put more you don't get anything like yeah. there's probably something no like that. it's a, so I'll, that'll be fascinating to play with it it'll be fun to think about i actually don't even know the yeah. equilibrium off the top of my head so that'll be fun but well i think no but i think the problem is that actually it has two right so it has it has a separating everybody puts uh actually i guess it's zero then no actually there's not there's only one equilibrium because you have an incentive as long as you don't have any spite in you and there's no so other thinking, side benefit, right? I'm wondering if it's 10 or zero, right? Like if there's two equilibriums, it's 10 and zero. There's no reason to put it like if, because if you put nine, then like. If, if everybody else behaving puts nine, rationally, it's probably 10 or yeah. zero. But yeah. So I did something different. That, so I played the game in class. I actually did it again on the final exam. So the okay. final exam bonus question said, collusion's really easy when you can talk to each other. But now you're all sitting here silently and you can't talk to each other. Let's play this game again. I will give you between zero and 10 bonus points on this exam. Oh, that's fast. You just, <laughs> uh, the average shot way down. Like it went yep, to like yep. four, I think. Yeah, that's fascinating. So, uh, no, so I, I love it's game theory. It's, it's a great, you picked a great topic. I love it. It's, it's such a fun upper level class for me to teach. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. It's critical thinking. It's, it's it's like an advanced critical thinking yeah. section on steroids. So, and, so much fun. And the, a lot of fun. So we're gonna have a hard time coming up with pop culture on this one. Well, I we're gonna I have, have a hard time picking I have one pop culture. A, I have one pop culture that I could go. I there's a couple different ones I could go with, but I do too much Broadway, so I figure I won't do the Broadway ones. But uh I think I'm gonna give you two. Cause one my one is actually not pop culture, so like I'm gonna. Break well, why don't you do your first? I'll do one, and then you can do your. Okay, second. let me do the one that is. Okay, let me do the one that's not actually pop culture. That's the one I do in class, so it's a okay. whole day for me. So it's the fourth day of game theory. Um, so we go through simultaneous games, sequential games, and I say, you know, we're only going to do two players, two actions. I go, they get much more complicated. Um, there was an episode of ABC News from 2006, so it's old. I got like the DVDs from the library, clipped them down, yeah, all yeah. sorts of stuff. Um, but it was an, actually it was an episode entirely on game theory. So it talks about it was a full like 45 minute segment um, about you know how how can you use game theory to lose weight? I actually we talked about this on a previous episode. Um, you know, how can you use game theory to lose weight? That was part of the story. But the other part I actually do is a full day. It's like 20 minutes. It's like half the whole episode. Um, what they did, so they worked with uh, Barry Nailbuff at 
I want to say he's at NYU or maybe Columbia. He's at one of the New York schools. Um, so he's in the episode and he's talking about game theory. What they did was they took six pairs of strangers. So 12 people total, uh, but six teams basically dropped them in different parts of New York in Manhattan. So they're all coming from different places. They had to find each other in New York City. So this is 2006, right? They, I mean, they have cell phones, but like there's not social media. They're not posting on Facebook and Twitter yeah, um, yeah. or anything like that. So it's a game of common perceptions. Where do you go if you don't know where other people are going? When do you go? Do you go and wait? And like, they've got really great uh, dialogue in there because one of the people in there is like, you know, they, they always say, if you're waiting for someone, stay where you are. Uh, and then the other person goes, yeah, but if we, if we all did that, then like, we'd never find each other. Yep. Yep. Um, so it's this really cool game of essentially common perception. So Matt, I actually, I'll ask you, and I, I'll, I have the link on uh, Econ Media Library. Where would you go in New York City if you had to find a stranger? If, if that was the game? Yeah. Uh, Empire State Building or okay. Ellis Island. Okay. Wait, Ellis Island. Oh, uh, or like Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty. Okay. You, you got to get say, over there. Yeah, they do get a hundred dollars. So each team gets a hundred dollars. Um, how would you recognize the people who are playing the game? Hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they go through all these sorts of questions about like, you know, what you know, do you have a sign? Do you go to a subway? Like, do you um, you know, do you go there and wait for like how long do you wait? So, right, if you get yeah. to the Empire State Building, for example, do you just stay there all day? Or do you just like wait for an hour and then go somewhere else? Like you have to figure yeah. out like those sorts of games. Yeah, it's not, it's not pop culture because it's news, but I it's we chop Worth, it up. So it's yeah. 20 minutes. We watch like three minutes. I stop and ask him a question. Three minutes. Stop and ask a question. Yeah, we do that over and over. Um, the the one I'll do, I'll do a song uh, from. Well, it's, it's it's the song actually isn't the part of it. I was saying a song. Uh, it's from the movie Footloose. Songs going on during it. But during oh, yeah. I Need a Hero. Yeah. There's the chicken game. I played, I played this video in class. Yeah. So it's, and we'll we'll put a link to it and maybe even try to show it. You'll, you'll know whether we were successful showing it by the time you're <laughs> uh, wa- if you're watching, although it doesn't do much. I guess if you're just listening to this hearing, I need a hero. It isn't going to do much for you. So uh, <laughs> but know the scene. I, if you're a, if you're of a certain age, you know, the scene, you know, the scene and it'll be in the description, but they're playing a game of chicken with tractor. So they're driving straight at each other. And the it's a classic game theory game where if, you know, if you both swerve, okay, you both lose a little bit of face, but you know, nobody runs into each other. Uh, if you both keep running into each other, you could both die. And but if one swerves and the other doesn't, the one who swerves, um, you know, looks foolish and the other one is the hero. So it's kind of a classic game theory game that that you present and find out what's what's the equilibrium. So that's it's an interesting clip. We'll put it in there if you haven't seen it. It's a fun one to watch. I, I want to give you like all of the, I want to tell you all the clips I use. Ah, in my you got to have one. More. We'll talk game theory again later. So, OK, so I will give you an actual pop culture one. So the first one is something I do in class. It's an example uh, where we just talk about, hey, look, games can get very complicated. We're always going to do a simple one. But um, I'll, I'll share my other one off. Once we log off, uh, I'll show you the other one. So I'm going to pick, and I think this is a very important one to pick because it's just fun from like a vocabulary standpoint. Um, If you have never seen A Beautiful Mind, you should stop listening to this podcast right now. And you should listen to the end of the podcast. 
you come back, right? You stop and come back. You need to go find a beautiful mind. So it used to be on Netflix and they took it off. Then it was on Hulu and they took it off. It is worth paying whatever Amazon or YouTube is charging for the rental. Um, you should absolutely go see A Beautiful Mind. So A Beautiful Mind is the 2001 Russell Crowe movie about John Nash, who is like the guy in um, in game theory. So he was actually a mathematician, but we've adopted him. He's ours. Uh, so I, I, like, I tell my students, I go, we take credit for him. Uh, but it's about John Nash and his life, which is just incredibly tragic. Um, yep. But... I mean, right. It's the title of the movie. It's a, he has a beautiful mind. Um, it's an incredible movie. And I want to, I'm going to oversell this movie for a second. It is the 2000. Uh, so it was released in 2001. It, it won, won the, the 2002 won. Uh, picture of the year award. Yep. Uh, so whenever it came out. Yeah. But yeah. it won the Oscar for, it won the for Oscar the best, for best, best picture. picture. And this, I, this is the way I always tell my students. I go, this is how good the movie is. It's not just me as an economist saying it's a good movie that same year. Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring was also nominated for Best Picture. It beat Lord of the Rings, which yep. we know now is like a historical franchise. Um, a Beautiful Mind beat that. It was better. Uh, and I don't like Lord of the Rings. So I think A Beautiful Mind's great. But the scene I want to talk about, and I think it's this is why I said nomenclature is so huge. The famous scene from that is called the bar scene. Uh, it's sort of cheesy in the sense uh, the idea is like this is where he sort of figured out this yeah, interdependence yeah, yeah. Uh, idea. So he talks about this idea of governing dynamics that essentially our decisions are interdependent. How do we decide who to approach? Maybe and his like big phrase is Adam Smith was wrong. Um, but the idea is maybe we shouldn't just do what's in our own best interest. Because when we all do what's in our own best interest, we might be hurting someone else. And maybe we should think about like what's good for society or a group of people together. But the reason I like that clip is because it's the opposite of what we present as the Nash equilibrium. The Nash equilibrium in when we talk about it in game theory is you doing what's in your own best interest, ignoring the impact you have on other people. And this super famous scene from the movie is don't just do what's in your own best interest and ignore it's, people. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's fascinating. Like just from a wording, like we name it after, like, I mean, he has other contributions, uh, but I link it back to externalities. I go, this is not a new concept. We talked about this in tragedy, of the commons that you're fishing and you're taking fish for yourself and you're not thinking about what you're doing. I go, we've been doing this all semester. So I really, I love when I teach, I love going back to old topics and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I really like that one. And that's, I think a, a classic scene that we would be remiss if we didn't mention it in the podcast. classic scene. And if you haven't seen it yet, you're absolutely Go watch that right. movie. It Adrian's is so right. good. God, you have to see it. It's a great movie. I, uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. I, I yeah. should watch it again, but I missed well, it. Thanks, it that was, and so I used to tell students to go watch it and then we'll, we'll talk about it when they come back from that the break. That is there. That's there. Well, thank you uh, for, thank you to everybody who tuned in till, until the very end. Yeah. Once again, if you like this, please write a review, leave five stars on your favorite podcast app. Uh, and tell them. us how much, and leave a comment and tell us how much you love The Beautiful Mind. And leave a comment. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'd love to know what your favorite, you've heard our favorite topics to to teach We'd love to hear your favorite topics in economics as well. And uh, Jadrian, until next time, cheers. Cheers. This is, this is very good. It's, <laughs> good it's, the orange juice in is really good. <laughs>